Hello, this is Jane Coombs of Working Well Solutions Limited, and I'm starting a new podcast series on health, safety, and well-being in the workplace, based on my experience and topical issues. Let's go. Episode number nine: Producing the perfect occupational health report for managers. So I was asked to give a presentation at the Society of Occupational Medicine because I was giving the talk to other doctors and nurses in occupational health. I realised that I'd have to grab their attention because it is quite a dry subject and one that we all believe that we know what to do. So I wanted to produce it as more interesting. So I talked about Wittgenstein's beetle as an introduction and Wittgenstein asked us to imagine that everyone has a closed box in which they keep a beetle. In my case, I was likening the beetle because everybody's idea of what's perfect is different. The thing is with this beetle in the box analogy is that nobody knows what's in each other's box until you talk about it or you decide what a beetle looks like. So for example, my beetle could be a stag beetle, yours could be a Colorado beetle, and somebody else's could be John Lennon. Reports are very important nowadays. Communication between medical professionals and patients has changed. Now all official correspondence is available online. We need to take more care than ever how we communicate a medical issue. Because nowadays the results or the report you write will will form a permanent digital record and often have to stand alone as an explanation or interpretation of a patient's health. There is no room for error or ambiguity. What does a manager want? And I wanted to give some examples of managers that I've spoken to and uh, as part of my research I asked managers what they wanted from a report. One said... What I really want to know most of the time is the person is safe. We are not harming them. The occupational health professionals need to make a decision and tell me how and why they came to that decision. So many times I get reports back that tell me what I already know and it is just a complete waste of time. And the second one, and I've had lots of feedback about this particular example, is that an HR person said to me, we have the same report back from our management referrals every time. The port looks great, four pages long, wow. But after a while, I realise it's just a standard letter sent out for each person they see. I have to look through to find the relevant few sentences that apply to my worker. The rest are disclaimers and template phrases. Quite an indictment. And I've worked for occupational health providers that do have these long letters. I have been guilty of sending them, I'm afraid. Who else might see the occupational health management report, which goes off to managers? There's lots of people. It depends on the size of your organisation and your confidentiality rules. And also the patient themselves. If they've got a copy, they can show it to whoever they like health and safety executive could get a copy especially if there was a claim family and friends other colleagues at work a lawyer they could take it to show their gp anyone the reports fall into the the reason that you have your occupational health service in the first place and not every occupational health service is the same you can do pre-placements assessments return to work fitness for task or give a health opinion on any other health-related matters such as mental health, tribunals, investigations, improving attendance and also delivering 
and commenting on a wellbeing program has successful or not. We also have to comply with data protection rules and professional guidelines. But the report basically gives four outcomes for the worker. They're fit, they're fit with restrictions and recommendations. They may be on hold, you've suggested they go and see the GP or perhaps you're going to do a workplace assessment or they could be unfit for work. And that's especially true after health or medical surveillance programmes like lead workers or retirement. But going along with the outcome are the number of recommendations and I think that's where the report comes into its own. One of the things I wanted to cover with template phrases is the number of report pages required for common occupational health reports. And this very much depends on the type of occupational health service you have or or you are. So you could be a national occupational health service covering the whole of the country with regional centres. You could be an in-house occupational health service. You could be a lone practitioner. Whatever you are, that's going to change the amount of resources you have to write reports and the type of relationship you have with your client. So I have made a blog to accompany this podcast and I've put a, a table on my blog so do look for the link in the show notes. The bigger the occupational health or the more distance it is then the longer the report would have to be. So take the example of an employment tribunal on disability. An OH service provider could be asked to write a report detailing their involvement So the national occupational health provider has to cover every possible issue. They may not know the details of the claim. They will need to produce all their documents, obviously with a court order if needed, and findings, telephone calls, conversations, and research into the health problem that came up, plus reasons why they may have decided a particular pathway. And also what's important is their service level agreement, and that would set out what they were supposed to do in certain cases and who was responsible. Now the in-house occupational health service will respond as part of a company response so they will form part of a overall company response so they'll be supported in what they say and will sit alongside managers, safety and HR reports as well. The lone practitioner, somebody who's in occupational health, will produce a report with the facts of the case and some discussion and conclusions. So you can see there is a difference there in the type of report that will be produced depending on the nature of the issue, how straightforward it is, the type of service and the resources that you have. Now the actual layout of a perfect report will depend on your branding and depend on the expectations of your client. For the the bigger occupational health services, they will consider branding, fonts, colours and logos. I remember working for one particular very well-known national provider and the magenta had run out on the printer and we weren't allowed to send out any reports because the colour of the logo was wrong. Uh, The size and the type of font, that's often decided by branding and marketing and the headings. Report writing should also be objective written in the third person you must limit the use of adverbs and use strong verbs and you want the meaning to be really crisp and clear you don't want to be going in my opinion and i thought that these are the phrases that don't fit into any report too woolly you should have plain english and there are guidelines for that and that will go at the end of this podcast be timely 
predict the probability of success and decide and give recommendations. The important part of your occupational health report is that the managers can find the information quickly and easily and the best way to do that is by having headings. Also that it follows a chronological or logical order and if it is a complex report then an outline is a good idea to set out in the beginning and you can do that by making an outline or doing mind mapping and there's lots of free apps that you can do that or you can just write on post-its put the post-its into groups if you are writing it's important and i know this is very basic but so many people don't do it is to get your grammar right and also to make it easy to read the medical information is the keystone of an occupational health report and you should consider the following you must always advise of the employee's current health status indicate when a condition is likely to resolve to full duties or otherwise advise on current functional ability in terms of work so it's no good talking about being able to abduct muscles to certain degrees it's can they lift boxes at the end of the line can they do picking can they do personal care the things that they do in their job can they do them and if they can't then what can they do in their job so that's functional ability from a manager's perspective not from a medical perspective Details of specific rehabilitation plans and and advice on adjustments, if appropriate, with clear timescales. And always think about disability in accordance with relevant legislation in the UK. That is the Equality Act. I'm going to summarise now. I've said 10 tips for writing the perfect management report. Think of your audience, their level of understanding, their language skills and what they need to know. Don't try to impress people by using your language to show off. Keep it as straightforward as possible. Imagine you are speaking to someone and write that way. Use short sentences, 15 to 20 words. Explain any technical language and write out acronyms in full for the first time you use them. Don't underline, use capitals or bold in the body of the text. Complex information into bullet points. Use everyday words and use paragraphs to break up long tracks of text so it's easier to read. I hope you found this useful. I've got lots of resources that you can use to help you make your reports better and these will be in the show notes. If you want to read the full blog, pop over to my website at workingwellsolutions.com And I finish with saying, that is my beetle in my box. Is it anything like yours? Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've uh, found something useful here and look out for my next podcast. Thank you and goodbye.